Now that salvation does not come by works. We're going to give you some Bible to back that up. There's a lot of uh, misunderstanding today, I think, in a lot of people's uh, minds. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, most anyone that you hear that's died, you know, people put them in heaven. But a person's not going to go to heaven unless they've trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. We're going to show you that from the Bible. So without Jesus as our Savior, all mankind is lost and in, and he is sentenced to eternal death. Romans, the third chapter and the 23rd verse says this, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5, 12 says this, Wherefore, as by one man sin or energy of the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So everyone is a sinner until they accept the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. They're lost. Uh, salvation only comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. But I thank God that he made a way uh, that mankind could have eternal life. Uh, this is the good news of the gospel. And we should be quick to, uh, to share that with us around us because uh, the majority of the world, uh, and, and I say this, I think, and, and certainty, but the majority of the world is lost and on their way to hell. Now, they don't have eternal life. Some has been misled uh, greatly by the by the devil and his his work, and uh, some think that uh, one day they're going to go to heaven. And that according to uh, uh, whether or not their their good works outweigh their bad, uh, they uh, will enter in heaven or be turned away. I know I I, I was. Uh, in attendance to a funeral uh, not too awful long ago. And uh, the person who was holding that funeral kept saying over and over, perhaps and maybe and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But we don't need to have to worry about maybe and perhaps. Right. If we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior, we have eternal life. If we turn him away, we don't have eternal life and we're on our way to hell. But I thank God that he made a way that mankind could escape that terrible place of hell. Not a lot said today about hell. As a matter of fact, I was talking to someone just last uh, week, and I was talking about they went to a church and for several uh, several months, or maybe even years, and hell was never mentioned. That's the society we're living in today. Everybody goes to heaven in this society, and that's just not the facts. The facts is if you've not turned, if you've not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and turned to him as your Savior, you're on your way to hell. John, the 14th chapter and 6th verse says this. We'll read uh, two or three of these scriptures just as the introduction of where we're going. Jesus said unto him, I am the way. See, the Lord Jesus Christ is the way. He is the only way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So the Lord Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross of Calvary is the only way that we can be saved. And we either accept that and have uh, him as our Savior, or turn him away, and uh, that I've often said that's the most important decision a person will make while he's living here on this earth. John three sixteen says this: For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. We're already condemned. The Lord came uh, to give us salvation, and he came to save. 
John, the th third chapter in the 36th verse says this, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Romans 5, 8 says this, But God commended his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ, Christ died for us. Romans 10, 9 says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The only way they can be saved is trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the only way. It's the Lord Jesus Christ plus nothing, minus nothing. Right. The only way. And uh, I know today there's there's a broad road of people's thinking, but uh, it's a narrow road in trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. There's uh, a lot of... Uh, a lot of organizations today, I, I won't even call them churches, that uh, have, uh, I guess, uh, uh, talked their, their congregation in uh, to salvation, and they've never had that experience of trusting the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. That must be if you are to have eternal life. I got a guy that I listen to quite often. Uh, matter of fact, I listen to him a lot. Uh, he talks about that eternal life. We'll never die. You know our bodies, the bot, our bodies will uh, will die, but our soul will never die. And uh, he talks about uh, that's the only way that you can have eternal salvation is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now there's some some confusion of how to be saved. I know I, I think back over the years, and I think of one situation in my I guess my memory of this person said they've lived a good life, and uh, it's what you do. The good things you do in life is what's going to take you to heaven. Well, that's good. Be a good person, be a good neighbor, be a good friend, be a good husband, be a good wife, be a good child. That won't take you to heaven. Only by trusting the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. Trusting in the work that he did on the cross of Calvary. Nothing else. Nothing else. You know, I know a lot of people in my lifetime that was really pretty good people. As far as being honest, they wouldn't lie to you. They wouldn't steal. They wouldn't, you know, they was good to their neighbors. If a neighbor needed help, they was there to help them. May have never turned to, to accept the Lord Jesus Christ, or we never seen that in their life. So the devil will lie to a person and say, well, you can just live a good life and you can go to heaven. Not so. Have to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the personal Savior. Now concerning salvation and works. Let's examine two covenants that uh, God uh, made in uh, Ephesians. And thinking about it, about when we, we talk about a covenant, covenant, we think about a binding agreement. And there can be nothing more certain than a binding agreement that God has made. Nothing more certain. You know, in today's world, uh, you, you really don't know. <laughs> I've been going through some things in the last few months. Uh, with lawyers and with the government and with uh, and it's very confusing and sometimes you think well if, are, am i doing the right thing you know this person will say this thing and this other will have a disagreement may have another another opinion but we don't have to worry about god when god makes a binding agreement a covenant with mankind you better believe that it will be for eternity. God says that one, he will not speak one word of untruth. Every word he speaks will, will 
have will stay for eternity. Now, I know uh, we've, we've got a real bad situation in our government today. I was just listening to you, news this morning. And I, I, I say it's amazing to me what happened in that election. Uh, we just don't know what's going to happen next. And, uh, you know, they say that the abortion uh, uh, situation was what caused the election to be like it was. But everything's uncertain. Everything's uncertain. We don't know what's going to happen. But we can be certain of one thing. If God promised it, we can base our eternity on it. Base our eternity on it. So it's a binding agreement, a formal sealed agreement, so to speak, or a contract contract made by God. Covenant. Let's look at that. It'll help us to understand uh, the difference between the two covenants we're going to read about. If you would turn your Bible to Ephesians, the second chapter. Most of you know where I'm going. But look at the eighth and the ninth verse. We see that first covenant. For by grace are ye saved through faith. This is a statement. By grace, ye through faith. You are saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift to God. I've often uh, put it this way. If I had a $100 bill, I don't have. But if I had a $100 bill and I held it out, and I said, now you come and get this $100 bill and it's yours. That's how simple, really, salvation is. The devil will get in there and try to throw all kinds of, of as the old saying goes, monkey wrenches in the, in the works. But if you just receive it, it's a free gift from God. Not something that we've done, but what God has done for us. A free gift. It's just, it's that simple. If you just accept this $100 bill, it's yours. That's pretty simple. But you must come and accept the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. A lot of people say, well, God won't send anyone. God don't send anyone to hell. He made a way that people could escape hell, that people could be saved and have eternal life. And uh, I don't know, I was listening just last week, someone kind of described some of the things that he thought heaven was going to be like. I don't know what heaven's going to be like, but I know it's going to be a lot better place than here. It's going to be a wonderful place. I think about sometimes uh, the Lord Jesus Christ has gone to prepare a place for us. He's been gone now for a little over 2,000 years. Or no, it's been about 2,000 years. Uh, 2,000 years. Now, what a, a magnificent place that must be. But the only way that we can go there is by trusting in him. And it's a true, it is a truly free gift from God. The grace of God, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Now the covenant in these verses is a covenant of faith. Uh, salvation comes through faith, only through faith. Uh, we have to come to realize what the Lord Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary, that he paid the sin debt, and then I accept him as personal savior. Now there's repentance that goes along with that, but uh, the the uh, the the main point here is trusting him as our savior, as our deliverer, trusting him. And once that happens, when we really come to that point in our life, he gives us eternal life. We'll be a different person. The Bible says it will be a new creation. We'll have Christ. We'll have the Holy Spirit living with us. We cannot be the same as we was before. Cannot be the same. 
you may not see a lot of change right off the bat with people. They don't know a lot about the Bible, maybe. Don't know a lot about the, the, uh, uh, the Word of God. But as they learn, their life starts changing. We'll say something about that in just a few minutes. Salvation comes through faith by the grace of God. Now, we gain salvation by trusting in Him and only in trusting in Him. Our works, our goodness, you might say, don't uh, procure it or it don't add to it, uh, nor does it make it any more sure. Now, right off the bat, the devil comes to a new a Christian and old Christians too. So look at that, what you've done. You've lost your salvation. Not so. God gives us eternal life. It's eternal. Now, you may be out of fellowship and you, you may need to, to study the, the word of God more and pray more and ask God to forgive you of your sh- shortcomings. But we we have shortcomings every day. If you don't, if you think that you live above uh, shortcomings, you're wrong. Right? We're, we're, uh, we're, uh, we're human beings. The world gets into our life and we allow some of it to, 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 to have influence on us. Uh, and I know I've talked to people that uh, say they're saved and leads me to believe they think that they don't ever see. Just not so. We have shortcomings. And when you think of sin, it's not killing somebody. It's not uh, stealing something from somebody. It may just be a, a thought that you might have. It may be an intention that it's not right in your life. Uh, it, it's uh, shortcomings. Uh, what a lot of times we kind of categorize them as 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 uh, something bad, but it and it is bad. Don't misunderstand me. Any shortcoming is bad, but uh, a lot of times we don't see that in other people. You know, I might have a, a wrong thought in my head. You don't see that, but God does. God knows all about us. He knows all about us. So uh, for a person to think they're good enough to please God. They're completely wrong. Look what it says in Isaiah, the 64th chapter and the 6th verse. You've heard this scripture a lot. But we are all as an unclean thing. We're all, all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousness are as filthy rags. And we uh, do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Uh, uh, I've heard Brother... uh, uh, over to Sister Church, I've heard him preach on this subject, and he said he used to be a uh, uh, a delivery man for rugs and rags for some of these these uh, different companies around town. He's talking about that filthy rag. He said he'd pick up bloody rags, he'd pick up rags that'd been soaked in oil, and he kind of compared it. We're like that dirty rag. We're, and he's talking about the sin that we have in our life. And notice here, all, all has unclean things. So we need, we need salvation. We need a delivery from that condition that we're in. And the only way we can have that is by trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. So the covenant of grace is based entirely, entirely on the reconciliation work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. And this whole thing that uh, maybe this person lived good enough, he's going to heaven. If he don't have the testimony, if he don't have that in his uh, in his uh, 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 life, 
You're not going to heaven. Because the Bible tells us Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way. Going back to the wide and the narrow road, uh, and I think about maybe what I heard just last week, talking about the wide road. You hear all kinds of different ways to heaven. <laughs> but the word of God says there's only one way. Now, it's a, the way is broad in this world's terms, but the way is very narrow when you think about uh, what the Bible says. The Bible says this is the only way. It's by trusting the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. Now, the second thing, the second covenant I want to look at, and this is in verse, verse 10, by the way, very next verse, has to do with another phase of a believer's life. That's after that he is saved. Let me say this. You can't uh, do good until you are saved. That's not to say something someone uh, does won't uh, turn out to be good, or they might read the Bible or share the Bible with someone. That won't turn out good. But I'm talking about that person cannot gain good works within their being until they're saved. It's after salvation. And it's not for the removal of sin in their life. It's not for the removal of sin guilt and the condemnation of sin. But with the kind of life that we live, we live for him after that we are saved. Yeah. Now, I will say this. If you don't have the desire to please God, there's a problem. Because, let me tell you, if you look at uh, Christ, he was all about pleasing the Father. God in the second person. All about pleasing the Father. So if you're born again or you say you're born again and don't have the desire to please God, something bad wrong. Something bad wrong. So God gives us that desire. The Holy Spirit leads us in that direction. As believers, we're, we'll be rewarded according to how that we served the Lord after that we're saved. And we'll be rewarded accordingly kind of got off on my studies, I kind of got off on the judgment seat of Christ, and there will be a judgment seat of Christ. Everyone's going to stand before Christ one day and be judged. The Christian is going to be judged at the, at the judgment seat of Christ, but there's going to be a, a great white throne judgment where that the lost will be judged. Everyone's going to stand before the God and be judged for how they live their life. And I'm thankful that my life is covered by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, can you imagine? One day, you may have been dead for a thousand years. You may have been dead for two thousand years, you know. And one day you stand before God to be judged in how you lived your life. And only what, only what will matter is whether or not you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there won't be anybody there that's not, that has trusted in it. It'll be only the lost. No hope. No hope. When I think about hell sometimes, I think about you know, there's been times in my life, you know, that, uh, well, I'll just give you an example. When I was in the service and I went overseas, you know, I had something to look forward to. You know, in a few months, I'm going to be home. The closer it got, the more excited I got. When I was working, you know, uh, you know, you work 40-hour uh, uh, 40 40 weeks, and one time there I was working 60 and 70 hours a week, I think. But 
you know, I, I, I just, uh, you know, thought about vacation. Man, I'm going to have two weeks of vacation here. It's just a month away. But you know, in hell, there's not going to be anything to look forward to. It's eternal. There forever. Lot to think about. And you don't hear preachers preaching on hell today. You know, back when I was a kid, you hear this a lot. I know you probably get tired of hearing it. Uh, but preachers preached on hell. You went to revival or something, you're going to hear about hell. You're going to hear about hell. Certain preachers, they're going to preach hell. They're going to preach it. We need to, that needs to be foremost in our mind. You just think about it. A friend that you might have here on this earth and he dies and goes to hell. That's a lot to think about. What could I have done to keep, keep that from happening? You know, I, I just had a friend that I was in Vietnam with. Died about three or four months ago. And I want to thank one of the reasons why that he was, I'm the only friend that he had that he was in contact with that was in the service with. And over the years, he got with me a couple of times and, and you know, I, he wasn't living the life that he should, but he, I think that maybe I had an impression on him when I was in the service. I didn't go with him to the, to the saloon and I didn't do this. And I didn't do that. And I prayed and I read my Bible and so on. I think that had an impression on me. And over the years, you know, and people notice that. I don't care if they're lost or, or they're saved. They notice that. You know, I, I know one guy that uh, it was, you just, you could just count on it. If you went to the break room during lunch, you'd find him reading his Bible. That had an impression on me. And when I think about that, I think about that person. I think, you know, that's a good testimony. Right. That's a good testimony. So I, hopefully, you know, I had some, I had some influence on him, but he left this world with a good, good testimony. And one, one of the things I talked to, the last conversation I had with him, make sure you're right with God. That's the most important thing. It's not whether you're sick and you won't get up and walk again or you can see again. Are you right with God? Make sure you're right with God. And that's the most important decision that we'll make. Now, a lot of times the devil uh, try to make you think that a, that a position in this life is most important. Now, our position with the Lord Jesus Christ is the important thing. So, uh, in this verse, verses 10, for we are his workmanship. <laughs> We've been created anew by God. We're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, unto good works. Not by good works, but unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, we uh, have been saved in order that Christ might live in our life. Live through us. Be a testimony, a Christian, a Christ-like testimony to the world and the people around us. You know, I, some of the things that people say to you over, over the years has a lot of influence. Just last week, somebody said, to me, you know, a 30-year-old, testimony and I was thankful for that you know that that and I thank him for even saying that you know 30 year old testimony that something that I'd you know said or done or this or that or other and I I, I, I was thankful for that it kind of hurt encourages us don't it? we look back over your life you know you know I think about brother Jimmy man tell people about Jesus that's all he's got on his mind 
You know, I, I look at the things he do, does, and I think, how does he do all that? How in the world does he do all that? You know? but, but I'm thankful for that. And many other jurors are involved greatly in that. As we get older, there's things we can't do. You know, if I ever get down, I can't hardly get up and things like that. Sometimes I fall. And I, I think my, my daughter's inherited some of that, by the way. But she's better, praise the Lord. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, we are kind of getting off the subject here. But we are we are saved to serve. We are saved to live a Christ-like life and be a testimony to those around us. And most of all, to share the gospel, the gospel that Jesus came and paid the sin debt and he was buried and he rose the third day and he's now at the right hand of the Father. No other religion that I know of in the world can claim that. They don't try to. They don't even try to. I mean, they can't claim it, but they don't even try to. We serve a living Savior. He's, a, he's on the right hand of God, the Father. And he is our mediator. He is our, so to speak, uh, uh, a counselor. And he's making he's making things right for you and I. I'm thankful for that. Now, this is where labor enters in. Once that we're saved, we're to labor. We are to read God's word, study God. Now, I know when a person's not been saved very long, they... Uh, they don't have a good uh, education of what God has for them. And uh, as they grow as a Christian, they, they learn more and more and more and more in their life. becomes more Christ-like. You can't expect someone that's lived a very ungodly life. And sometimes I'm absolutely amazed. I give this testimony. I know this one guy that uh, anytime he's around him, he, oh, he slang those curse words out. Just left and right, just left and right. And one day I was around him, not one curse word, not one. I'm thinking, something's happened to that old boy. And come to find out, he got saved. And God just took that habit away from him. That's a hard habit to break, by the way. It's a hard habit to break. I know of other instances where people have been alcoholics, and all of a sudden, it was taken from them. I think God expects us when we can to, to take care of it. But I know of uh, testimonies where there's been drug addicts, and they say that's one of the hardest things to get off of, where that God delivered them from that habit, so on and so forth. But as a new Christian, you know, I, I've given this example so many, so many times. I was talking to someone one day about uh, a, a, a certain scripture. I don't know exactly where it's at, but it was in somewhere in the New Testament, I guess. But the person started looking in the back. I think it was in Genesis, by the way. I believe that's where it's at. And he started looking at it. I said, I believe it's a little bit more. You don't want to embarrass anyone, you know. I believe it's a little bit more toward the front, you know. That's how much most people know about the Word of God. Don't know anything. They may have heard what somebody said about it. But I'm going to tell you right now, you need to know it because it don't, it's not what, Jim, what Jimmy said or what Brother Kelly said, but it is. The word of God. This is God speaking. So we need we need to come into that knowledge, and and uh, it's it's our shortcoming if we're not studying the word of God the way we should. That's one of those shortcomings. You now, if we allow TV or, or some other instance, I use that. If we allow that to come in and, and hinder us from studying the word of God, 
That's a shortcoming. That's a sin. That's something we need to ask forgiveness for. If we don't pray the way we should, that's a shortcoming. So the person thinks they don't ever sink and fall short of the glory of God. They're wrong. They're wrong. I don't know of any perfect people. And I'm sure not perfect. I've heard Brother Jimmy say that he's not. So that's two of us here anyway. But anyway, uh, we have, and I'm thankful for what God promised. He says, if you, and this is speaking to the Christian, if we'll confess our sin, he is faithful to forgive us of our sin. I'm thankful for that. But I'd be in trouble if that wasn't so. All right. So, again, let me state that salvation does not come through our work or our goodness. I mean, our goodness is like filthy rags. There's no other way except through the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter how, if a person could keep, could be nearly, you know, I know people that's, that's maybe not saved. Or I've known people that's not saved. That they were just good people. <laughs> they were good neighbors. They were just easy to be with, kind, so on and so forth. Does not want saviors. That's good to be that way, but that's not what salvation is. Salvation is trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ and Him only. Now, now salvation from guilt, the guilt of sin. I, I, this another. I, I said I listened to this guy quite often. He, he expressed this the other day, and it was it was kind of amazing the way he went about it. But he talked about God put within us a a a filter. Even if you're lost, there's a filter there. It's called a conscience. You don't have to tell you don't have to tell anyone that that killing someone's wrong. That's that's within them. They have that filter. You don't have to tell someone that's stealing something's wrong. There's a filter there. Now what happens is over time a person becomes so evil and they, they sear that conscience of the state that and someone may say, well, that's okay because you're poor and that person's rich just, just steal from him or do this or do that. But there is a filter there even in everyone. There's a filter there. So this, this is wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. And as I said, that sometimes that gets kind of calloused over. And that's the reason why people just get worse and worse and worse and worse. Because that guilt feeling is not there. But that's not salvation. That's not salvation. That's something God put within us. Now, but know that the judgment for sin is death. It's eternal death. It's spiritual death. And uh, that judgment of that penalty has to be paid for. And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. He paid that. I was watching this, and it was a good illustration, I thought, and I may have shared it with you before, but, you know, it's like going to a restaurant or something. Or it might be a situation where you get the keys to the city. It's already paid for. And you go up to pay the, the meal bill, you know. It's paid for. Salvation is paid for. Amen. And this is a thought that, that we need to grasp too. And it's been a while, but I grasped it some time ago. Jesus not only paid my sin debt, but he paid everyone's sin debt. I mean, all. All. Now it's ours. It's it's ours 
problem if we don't accept that payment for sin. And that's the only way that we can be saved is by accepting that payment of sin debt. Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter and the 21st verse says this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come in. Look at their life a month from the time they said that they were saved. You don't see any changes. There's something wrong. Something bad wrong. But I'll tell you, I think that a person that, that truly been born again, truly trusting the Lord Jesus Christ, this person saved if he ain't living for God, he'll be the most miserable person that you'll meet. I found that so in my life. We're not, we're not living for God. God is dealing with us continually. Continually. But we have everlasting life. Now, I don't go along with the crowd that thinks you're saved today and lost tomorrow and saved the next day and lost the next day. I don't go along with that. Because God's word says that you're born eternally. He tells us that in the third chapter of John in two or three different places. Second Timothy, the first chapter of ninth verse says this, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling? Now, you've been called with a holy calling. If you've been born again, you're saved. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. Which was given unto us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Be there to help us. And sometimes uh, we don't understand a lot of things. But the main important thing is, is the best you can to do the will of God. Once a person truly believes and accepts his payment for sin, the condemnation of sin is gone forever. Now, that's not to say that you won't fall short and you won't fall out of fellowship. But I'm a firm believer in that you're saved. You're saved forever. It's eternal. It's eternal. And uh, I know there's People would disagree with that, but I think I can show them if they want to be shown in the Bible that it's so. And they'll be open-minded to God's Word. Yeah. person that's trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ is passed from death into life. Do you know that a person that's not trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ is spiritually dead? Spiritually dead. Now, I really, truly, I can't, I would say pretty young age. I can't relate to that, really, because most of my life, you know, that's not saying that I've lived perfect in my life, no. But I've been spiritually alive to the dealings of God. He, uh, he showed me things in my life that shouldn't be there. And maybe I've been wise enough to to get rid of them. So I can't really relate to that being spiritually dead. But that's a terrible situation to be in. 
You say, well, how in the world can things like killing a person's mother or their dad or their brother or sister, how can that be? Well, you know, the Bible tells us that Satan's in control of this world, this house. When you think about being spiritually dead, you don't look to God, you, you look to this world and this establishment. That's just bad, bad, bad situation to be in. Spiritually dead. So we pass from that death to life, spiritually alive. Brother Jimmy, one of the first uh, sermons he preached, I don't know if he remembers it or not, he talked about the heart of man, the soul, the inner being of man. That's what God deals with. The devil deals with this world. He deals with the body, the lust of the body, the craving, you know, the cravings of the body and so on and so forth. But God deals with the heart. He deals with the inner man. God also sees everything in the inner man. He knows what's going on in there. You don't, but he does. He does. So when one becomes spiritually alive, he is open to the will of God. That's not to say that at times he won't be living in the will of God, but God shows him. I believe that. God shows him. Sometimes it may, may be a little harsh. <laughs> you know, we don't do what God wants us to do. We're not doing the will of God. It, it might get a little harsh. I believe in that also. God deals with the inner man. So when God's dealing with me, he's dealing with down here. Things that you can't see. Maybe you see some results of what's down here. But you can't actually see down in that heart. So we become spiritually alive when we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. We'll close here in just a minute.